happy to be joined today by Matt Ladner of the Arizona Charter School Association. And perhaps even you are wondering, Matt, why I asked you to be on the podcast, but there is a good reason, which is I've been in Missouri, working in Missouri now for four or five years, and I'm still um, kind of mystified that I, I talk to folks, even in the legislature, who believe that a charter school is like uh, uh, an intervention, it's a punishment in a low-performing urban district. It's for poor kids of color exclusively. And it's almost like, you know, juvenile justice schools are for kids who break the law and charter schools are for kids who go to schools where the bathrooms don't work. You know what I mean? It's like, is very much this urban intervention strategy. And so in Missouri, we have an okay law because you can open a charter school anywhere, but outside of a unaccredited district, the school board has to sponsor the charter school. And in Missouri, that is just anathema. It's just like no one can ever get their heads around the fact that a school board would ever consider sponsoring a charter school within their district, especially an air quotes, good school district. Like there's like, they can't, that makes no sense, right? Makes right. no sense whatsoever. So 99.5% of the kids in our state have no choices because we have a tiny little ESA program. And then we have charter schools as these interventions for low performance. And I believe that having charter schools across the state would benefit the people who could go to them, but also have all these other benefits. And you recently wrote uh, an article where you analyzed data that suggested very something very similar. And so what I would like you to tell me and anyone who's listening is sort of the obvious and the non-obvious reasons that it might be a good idea to have a charter school in a suburban, quote, good school district. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. Um, it's it's a counterintuitive finding, but our experience here in Arizona has been that um, Arizona has always had a very uh, robust charter school uh, law, and we're very geographically inclusive, right? Which means um, that we have charter schools in all different types of communities, right? We have urban charter schools, but we have charter schools in in suburbs and towns and in rural areas too. So in 2017, there was analysis done by the Arizona Charter Schools Association of the Phoenix metro area. And uh, we found out that uh, the, and the, the state had stopped publishing this data like, you know, more than a decade earlier. Um, but uh, through some uh, fortunate uh, data mining by a Yale graduate student, uh, <laughs> we learned that there are about twice as many open enrollment uh, transfer students in the Phoenix metro area as there are charter school students. Interesting. Okay. So, and there are far more charter school students than private choice students, although uh, with the new ESA expansion, that's starting, that gap is starting to close. But the, the, the school choice justice league in Arizona, uh, the districts are Superman, right? The charter schools are more like Batman, right? The private choice programs are, you know, I don't know, the Flash or something, right? <laughs> right. Um, um, they're all important. And each of these sectors are ways that families in Arizona have a way to find their solution, right? To find their best fit school. So just to give you a, a, a you know, some, uh, a bit of a scale of this, uh, the Scottsdale Unified School District, which is, you know, sort of our fancy suburban right. Um, uh, has about 20,000 students. Uh, about 4,500 of those students do not live within the boundary of Scottsdale Unified. 
Okay. Um, that's really strange. Okay. And by strange, I mean wonderful. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the way that American public school system typically works, right, is that if you want to access the good schools, you have to plunk down a you know four hundred thousand dollar mortgage, mm-hmm. and if you can't afford to do that, then that's too bad, right? <laughs> right? Um, and like usually the uh, the kind of like compare and contrast that I do on this is between Arizona, where basically all school districts participate in open enrollment, yeah. right? And it's not out of the goodness of their heart, <laughs> right? Right, right, um, right. Scottsdale Unified brings in 4,500 open enrollment kids because they have 9,000 kids that live within the boundary of Scottsdale Unified but don't go to school there. They go and to school at charter go? schools and private yeah. schools and other districts, right? So, um, individual district schools both gain and lose students yeah. in this process, right? Um, I think we, we have a real issue with that in Missouri because people get stuck on the first thing. They're like, well, those 4,500 kids aren't paying property tax in Scottsville Uni- Scottsdale Unified. Mm-hmm. What about the people who are paying the property tax? And these guys are coming in as interlopers, but they miss the part that a whole bunch of people from Scottsdale Unified go to school in a different district. Right. In fact, the, the whole system of funding local districts through local property taxes no longer makes any sense in Arizona. Right. right. Um, I mean, because like you said, I mean, there's 9,000 kids that are paying their, their school property taxes. It's got to unified and going to school somewhere else. Right. Um, and the, the local dollars for the most part are not following them. Right. But they're, they're moving anyway. Right. So it's a majority of kids in the, in the Phoenix metro area do not go to their zone district school. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. For the most part, the, the sort of virtuous cycle that we started here in Arizona uh, was not the product of anyone's design, right? It was right. more the product of a, a fundamental bet on freedom, right? That if we set the field free to create, you know, uh, anytime I get around a group of public school teachers in a social setting, usually the over-under is about five minutes, right? Within five minutes, they will start to complain about administration and bureaucracy, right? right. God knows these poor people have been the victims of that, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, Arizona, in essence, was a state that said, okay, all right, show us. Don't tell us. Show us. You you say that things would be better if you ran the show? Here's the keys. Run the show. Start your own school. Do it, right? Don't tell us about it. Go ahead and do it, okay? And, um, the, the great irony of this from the perspective of the, the urban intervention strategy that you laid out to begin with is that if you want to help urban, urban students, yes, give them access to charter schools. Yes, give them access to private schools. But you also need to give them access to suburban district schools, right? Right. Because that has all kinds of positive feedback loops back into the charter sector, right? So um, our charter schools are very high performing here in Arizona. Um, right. I want to get back to that one in a minute. Yes, that's yeah. right. 
Uh, but the, it's in large part, it's not because the state has, you know, taken this very active role in weeding the garden and blah, 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 right? Um, what happens here is that if you found a charter school, you better bring your A game, right? You want to yeah. start a charter school here in Phoenix, Arizona? Great. That's awesome. Here's the thing. Scottsdale Unified wants your kids. Your local district wants your kids. The private schools want your kids. The other charter schools want your kids. So you had better bring your A game, right? And you had better gain the confidence and loyalty of your families. Because if you don't, you will close, right? It's that simple. I mean, I feel like Missouri is the contrast to that, right? So let me like just characterize it. We have, for example, St. Louis County, um, no school choice at all. We have, for for not very good reasons, but in one county, we have dozens of school districts. We had a lot of redlining, lots of little school districts that stay really small. Some very high performing, some of the highest performing in the states, very expensive homes. And most of the districts in St. Louis County are losing enrollment because Missouri's losing enrollment. The nation's losing enrollment. Missouri's definitely losing enrollment. St. Louis, I don't know if you've heard this or not, it's got a little crime problem. And so companies are unwilling to locate in the St. Louis region. So for lots of reasons, all of these great districts have declining enrollment and they're going to have to start cannibalizing. But we couldn't even get open enrollment voluntary to pass this year. It had this year. It was the best shot at education reform that that the legislature had. And then the legislature, the Senate fell apart and they went home. They didn't do anything. They just fell apart and they filibustered each other over sports betting and went home. So nothing happened in education reform. But open enrollment was going to be the thing. It was going to definitely be voluntary because people can't conceive of how these property tax things could possibly work. And all the suburban districts were like, no, no, no. Like, well, when they start looking more closely, and I assume they are at their declining enrollment, then they're going to realize they're going to have to get off the bench. Don't they have to get in the game? They have buildings that are not going to be full. They're going to have to let go of teachers. You know, they are either going to take on the growth of the region as their problem, or they're going to want to start pulling from other school districts. And charter schools, to your point, can uh, light the light the spark to that, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been our experience here that the um, you know, like I said, it's not out of the goodness of their hearts. I mean, I used to live in Scottsdale Unified, and I yeah. love, love to be able to tell you that the reason that you know Scottsdale Unified brings in forty five hundred kids is because we have this unusual suburban um, preoccupation with the appearance of uh, economic and and de facto racial segregation in school, public schooling. But that would be why, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the reason that they bring in 4,500 is because if they didn't bring in 4,500, they would have to close schools faster. And if there's one thing that school boards hate even more than open enrollment transfers is closing schools. Now, yeah, So Missouri doesn't have to imagine it. They could literally go to Arizona and see it happening. In yep. real life, in real time, I've seen your maps about Ohio and how open enrollment doesn't work there, and then Arizona and how it does work. And I know that Arizona is really, you know, doing amazingly well academically in getting, like you said, very challenging demographic groups, growth of more than a year. When you look at the Stanford data, growth of more than a year. And, and you know, one um, one problem that has been 
coming up for me and for people coming to me th- in this past year is our flagship university, University of Missouri is in Columbia. And Columbia, very suburban, you know, very uh, highly educated community because the professors and everybody, you know, it's typical college town. And there's um, academics continues is declining and continuing to decline. And when you look at the Stanford Education Opportunity Project, their kids lost more than a year in the last two years, and they have the highest rate of loss uh, of all the surrounding districts. I don't know if they know this, but like all these little districts that are around Columbia did better than Columbia did. And Mizzou, I know anecdotally, has had several candidates for professorships turn them down because they don't want their kids that there's no choice. You have Columbia school district and that's it and they've decided to raise their family elsewhere because they don't want to send their kids to school there and i was talking to some folks who live there who are very concerned about this and i'm like a charter school like basis which i would like you to explain a little bit about basis i think college professors would eat that up for their kids no like they're like no charter schools here we have a good school district don't need them thank you very much for the offer but i'm like a charter school like a basis high school i think if it opened or a classical or whatever, it would fill. And then Columbia Public Schools would be sort of like knocked out of their complacency. Tell me right. a little bit, explain like basis high schools. Yeah, no, I'd love to. I mean, like pluralism is the secret sauce here. It's not about good schools and bad schools, right? Um, there are kids who are in schools with very high average test scores who are absolutely miserable and, you know, failing to thrive. And there are people at schools with not so great average test scores that are getting exactly what they need out of life, right? You know, so in this system, right, um, the, the beautiful thing about what has unfolded here in Arizona is that we have very specialized schools that people can choose from. Now, if you want to go to your district school, it's still there, right? Like all the school districts that were here in Arizona in 1993 before we started all this stuff were still there. Right. Um, so, um, um, but, you know, something like the basis is a incredibly high performing, rigorous, um, um, you know, very, very, very uh, uh, strong math and science education. The kids start taking AP classes in eighth grade. Uh, they graduate with a tremendous amount of college credit. Um, and um, for, you know, for you know, for a lot of people, like this is like their dream school, yeah. um, but not for everyone. Right? Yeah. So it's that ability to kind of like match um, um, the uh, the child to a particular school that just can't be replicated from any other source. Yeah. And there's I don't know why we still have so much fear of that. Just, you know, I'm just trying to crack this nut of like, how can we get a school board to lean in? To having a great charter school and what it would do for the community to make it attractive instead of leaning out and being afraid of it. Um, I just, I can't so, figure yeah, it out. Yeah. I don't know how to do it. it it'll never happen. Um, the, the, the central problem in American education, in my view, is that uh, there's been a process of regulatory capture of school boards. And uh, basically that we have these very low turnout school board elections. Right. Mm-hmm. Single digit. Um, the politics of those boards are dominated by the uh, unionized employee interests of the districts, and also to a lesser extent, of major contractors. Right, people like build school buildings, for instance. These people have an intense interest to participate 
and to win school board seats uh, for candidates that they endorse. And the general public, meanwhile, can't even name a member of their school board. They have no idea how many members of the school board there are, right? Um, so, you know, in, in that environment, right, the idea that a school board is going to say, wow, you know what we really need is like more competition. You know, like yeah. We should authorize these other people to show us up, and right? Um, so, I mean, if you want to do this, you're going to have to get some kind of statewide authorization board. Right. Um, and, and to get over this whole protectionism thing, because that's basically what you're seeing here, right? It's the, uh, the, the, the and, and it's very common. This is not unique to Missouri at all. You know, the reality is, because something we haven't raised yet, but you kind of hinted at, I think, um, there's a baby bust going on. Cute. <laughs> right? Article in the Wall Street Journal today. We are below yeah. replacement rate. We, yep. hit the, we hit the peak, the most recent peak in 2007, 2008, which is when Missouri yeah. hit their enrollment peak. And we right. are projecting declines across the board. Yes. And that is true of almost all states. Uh, there's yeah. like maybe three states with a projected increase in K-12 population between now and 2030, according to the National Center for Education Statistics. Um, so um, one way to think about this is, is that our, <clears throat> our, our, our district schooling infrastructure is overbuilt. Right. It's, um, it's built for for a school population that lies in the past, not for the one we have now. Okay. So school closures are inevitable. Yeah. And the question is, who should decide which schools stay open and which schools close? Right. Um, should we give that task to a bunch of like captured, low turnout, low visibility, like, you know, school yeah. boards? Gee, I don't. They have. They haven't exactly covered themselves in glory, and yeah. um, in making hard decisions about closing closing schools. Um, I would prefer to leave that task uh, to your families, right? Uh, your families effectively can decide which schools they value and which schools they don't value. Once they yeah. don't value, we should close, right? Um, so um, that that process is inevitable. Yeah. Well. I hope that I can continue to talk about Arizona and Florida. <laughs> Maybe it'll sink in. I will say this year when our legislature did nothing, most of the states around us, Iowa, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Kansas is implementing a new open enrollment law. I mean, most of the states that surround Missouri have just taken leaps forward. And while we're still like, I don't know, 1950, it was a great decade. You know, we're still just like, what was wrong with that? That's when my parents went to school and everyone paid property taxes and you had one choice and it was that choice. And so still having a hard time with that mindset in 2023. But, um, you know, maybe next year I keep I've said it like five years in a row now, maybe next year. But I would surely love to get some smart group of people to open a charter school somewhere in the state so that folks could see the benefit of it and not just. Yeah. spirit. I mean, I don't know. No, but the, the way most people think about this stuff, it would never occur to them that the best way to ensure the the interests of low income urban students is actually have an inclusive system of choice. But it is right. Yeah. And if you think about, you know, why why hasn't the charter school project? And I, I don't know anything about the charter school project in St. Louis, but I'm going to guess here that. And, you know, if, if we're, you're fighting this battle in isolation, right? If this is the only option that these kids get to have 
are schools that someone has to start from scratch. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we'll do um, it. <laughs> it's, it's a real problem, right? And that's not how you win the battle. You win the battle through um, the, the most broad and inclusive system of, of different kinds of schools. Um, like kids have all kinds of needs. They're all very different and they need as many solutions yeah. as possible. So we're probably not going to turn it up to 11, but we might turn it up to like two. That's what we're hoping for. But thanks so much for explaining it to us and chatting about this today. Um, I'd love to revisit it if Missouri ever gets on the bandwagon. But um, I, I track all the stuff you write and everything that's going on in Arizona. And it's exciting for Arizonans, at least. Thank you for having me.